This is Cybok, the cybersecurity body of knowledge, distilling the knowledge from internationally recognized experts and providing foundational education and training for the cybersecurity sector. Hello and welcome to Cybok. I'm Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire. Joining us today is Matilda Road, head of cyber innovation and scouting at Airbus. She's author of the Cybok AI for Security Topic Guide. I think we're in this moment where people's imagination has kind of been captured by artificial intelligence and machine learning, particularly with the these large language models that have you know come to the forefront here. How do you define artificial intelligence and machine learning for 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 folks who aren't familiar with it, how do you explain it to them? I think that the term artificial intelligence is the one that we hear most often. And that is describing a really broad interdisciplinary research space, which includes everything from game theory to cybernetics, psychology, and lots of parts of neuroscience and, and computer science too. And intelligent agents can be either kind of mimicking humans or they could be another kind of intelligence, an alien intelligence, if you like. Um, even could think about other kinds of animals that are highly intelligent, but we we can't experience their type of intelligence. So, so it's always a really difficult one to define. And the type of AI that's in the news all the time at the moment is um, really from a subfield of AI, which is the machine learning, which is this kind of data-driven learning. So they're algorithms which have looked at millions and millions of examples and tried to, let's say, learn the difference between two or three types of object or have tried to learn how to answer questions based on text or detect malicious network traffic, for example, from benign network traffic. And I think that's that's what people are mostly talking about nowadays when they say AI, but there's also lots of other areas of AI which don't use huge volumes of data and use very different uh, techniques to do learning and, and knowledge representation and things like that. Well, when it comes to using AI for security, uh, what has typically been the approach up to this point? What's sort of the, the spectrum of applications that people have applied here? Overwhelmingly, it would be machine learning, I'd say. And machine learning itself kind of bleed into statistics and other areas of, of mathematics too, which it's impossible for you to know exactly what's under the hood of a, of a product using machine learning because the company producing it typically won't release the source code or, uh, for, for comp- competition reasons. But um, usually what they're talking about is, is machine learning. So, so learning from loads of examples and, and getting hold of the data is one of the big challenges in this space. And what are the specific applications here? What are the things that, or, or the, the techniques that we can apply uh, machine learning to to help protect ourselves? So I, I think there's been examples of trying to use machine learning for most 
security functions that you can think of. Uh, it was a challenge to write this topic guide because there's so much research being done in, in different areas. But the most popular one is to detect uh, attacks in near real time. So doing things like monitoring endpoints for malicious activity, looking at software coming in, trying to see if it's malware and looking at network traffic and trying to detect if it's malicious and and doing that by trying to draw out patterns in huge volumes of data between either malicious and benign activity or, or grouping together similar behaviors and similar patterns and then interacting with humans to try and label those those groups of patterns that have been identified. And to what degree has this approach been successful? Well, it's really widely used in in detection technologies uh, now and is increasingly enabling more and more types of data to be brought into attack detection. So previously, it would be looking a lot at these kind of computational artifacts, let's say, but now there's a very big market in um, user entity behavioral analytics. So looking at the data that's generated by users, particularly employees within companies, and trying to correlate that together with uh, malicious artifacts that you might find as well. So more and more data can be used and brought in. And and because machine learning models are able to analyze a huge volume of data, much more than a human would be able to, as long as you've got enough compute power and storage, you you can start bringing in more and more things to to inform threat hunting and things like that. You know, Matilda, you mentioned that it's a bit of a challenge to to tackle this particular area in, in CYBOC. It strikes me that it is both broad and there's a certain degree of inherent fuzziness to it, of, of really, you know, that's part of the challenge, isn't it, of, of really nailing down what we're talking about here because it can apply to so many things. Yes, I mean, in the... Um Cyborg uh, topic guide, I tried to break it down um, according to the kind of NIST pillars just to give some structure because there's just endless topics that people have, have looked at. And it, with machine learning, made really big strides in computer vision, for example. And then you saw security researchers taking malware and turning it into images so that they could use the new vision classifier on the malware, which is a quite interesting way around to approach it. But some of those approaches were really successful. So it's hard to capture. And I think with these uh, generative AI models that are doing natural language processing, uh, which I I guess many people have played with now, I I could really imagine them starting to have a role in the communication side of cyber, you know, post-breach help us generate our public response and things like that. So it really can get into every every aspect. Well, let's go through some some of the highlights of, of the the, uh, the topic itself here of, of the Cybok guide that you uh, put together here. I mean, what are some of the the areas that uh, you really want to bring to people's attention? I think the key message that I hope um, readers would take away from the guide is that there are some key considerations that need to be taken into account when implementing or um, integrating a machine learning model. So in many ways, AI is just another piece of software. But the key difference between that and some software and some, let's say, more traditional software is that the 
programming is induced from the data. It's not handwritten by a human. So we don't know exactly what's going on inside. Different algorithms are easier to understand than others after they've been trained. So neural networks are famously quite opaque and difficult to untangle. And that can lead to unexpected results when you deploy your model. And one of the difficulties that we see is if you want to use something for, let's say, detecting attacks, then you really need it to be reliable and giving up-to-date information to incident response teams. But over time, the attack landscape shifts and the model may not be performing as well. And you need a way to check that your model is performing well. And that requires some investment. So one of the big positives of using this machine learning technology is often, you know, that we can automate certain parts of people's jobs and help them to spend their time on more complicated things. But one thing I'd like to highlight is that you should account for putting some effort into to test these models and make sure that they're still working over time and make sure that they work in your environment. If they if they seem to be working well in a general environment, you might have a really specific ecosystem around your organization that means it doesn't work as well for you. So you can imagine that different companies are subject to different types of attacks. So startups might see IP theft and banks might see more, I don't know, credential stealing, for example. So that that's one of the key messages is, is just to think about the, the robustness of these models, not to take that for granted and to, to make sure you invest in, in checking that they still work over time. What about the the regulatory framework that uh, many people find themselves under here? In the article, you you cover themes of privacy. Yes. Yeah, so, in that's it's a very interesting time for the regulatory aspects of machine learning um, and AI models because a lot of countries and groups of countries, so I'm thinking about the EU in particular, are promising to release standards or the EU has is the first one to, to have a draft that's closest to being ratified for security uh, of machine learning models, particularly in safety critical uh, applications. And the approach of the different countries is quite different, but many organizations are op- operating internationally, so we'll want to be compliant with these with these standards. But in the uh, guide, I, tr- I try to draw out some of the themes that are focused on by the proposed legislation. And as you say, one of them is is privacy. And I already mentioned looking at user data within organizations. And you can also think about customer data and, and private individuals as well. Many of the regulatory aspects that will be applicable to AI models are actually already covered by existing legislation. And the AI regulation is going to start bringing together a lot of aspects of existing legislation um, to to cover those models. And as well as privacy, there's a huge focus on robustness and reliability, particularly for safety critical applications. How can you show that your machine learning model is going to behave as expected? And that's a really tricky problem because machine learning is lauded as a way to generalize from examples to new situations. So how can you check every, you can't necessarily check every single scenario that the model might face, but there are ways to inspect a really wide spread of the area, 
uh, of instances that the model might face. And there's also uh, an important piece of work that needs to be done around what do you do when the model is in uncharted waters or in an area that it doesn't necessarily perform well? What's the failure mode? What's the backup? How does it almost shut down gracefully and not start spewing garbage that could could have dangerous consequences? Mm, Yeah. One of the sections uh, actually covers... uh, evaluation methodologies and and potential questions that people should ask with these, as you say, black box solutions? Yes. um, I think, as I mentioned, that one of the biggest kind of costs to consider when when implementing or even purchasing um, an AI product is how are you going to evaluate its performance over time? The document just contains a list of uh, different metrics that you might want to consider either asking a vendor to provide, perhaps consider getting an independent organization to validate the solution if you're not capable of doing that yourself. And I would recommend that anybody implementing their own AI system for security or or buying one tries to collect their own data over time. The big cost with doing this evaluation is that you have to hand label the data. And in Non-security domains, it's quite straightforward to label data because if it's um, something that non-experts can do, so things like images, many people are able to label objects and images. Uh, We all do it uh, in captures probably every day. But just even an expert might not be able to glance at a, you know, a packet and say, yeah, that's malicious. You know, you need some time to have a a proper look at it and a proper investigate around the context. So labeling can can be very costly, but it's one of the best ways to validate that your model is still doing what you expect over time. What are the ultimate take-homes for you, the the words of wisdom, the the things that you hope people come away from having read through this topic guide? The ultimate um, things to consider about implementing machine learning in security context, I'm particularly thinking about using it in a attack detection and response scenario where it might be used to inform humans um, who are then going to take decisions which will have potentially a significant impact on a network um, and and on things like business continuity, that you need to have confidence in your model. And in order to do that, you need to have a system in place for seeing what's going on under the hood to some extent and for checking the that the model is still behaving as expected over time. I think those are the 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 key things to to try and have in place. And one of the kind of smaller points that I think it is interesting to think about, especially as we see the AI landscape evolving really fast at the moment and large organizations releasing really powerful models, is that there are a few kinds of power in machine learning. Uh, One is around data and the other is around compute resources. And if you are using a product from somebody else, they may be benefiting from your data. You can ask questions around and set up mechanisms to protect your own data if you don't want that to to become public or you don't want, let's say, an adversary to know that somebody has picked up their malicious artifact. Those are the types of things to consider. And there are technical solutions that can be employed to to try and protect your data in that way. 
Our thanks to Matilda Road from Airbus for joining us. To learn more about the Cybok Project and the topic guide we spoke about today, visit cybok.org. This podcast is a product of the University of Bristol. Cybok is funded by the UK National Cybersecurity Programme and led by the University of Bristol's Professor Awais Rashid, along with Professor Andrew Martin, Professor Steve Scheider, and Dr. Yulia Cherdanseva. The Cybok podcast is produced by The Cyberwire with senior producer Jennifer Iben and Bristol University's Helen Jones. The executive producer is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.